Today, the Chokeslide Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the AEW Dynamite one-year anniversary show, the matches, the show itself, and how good it was. That and also the G1 climate is still continuing. It's still three days before everything ends, and it looks like it's going to come down to Jay White and Evil. Uh, those two are ready for a collision in the finals. Also, we have an interview with Danny Limelight, a follow-up from this last interview we had as he speaks about the Lions Crown Break final match he had with Clark Connors. That and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. It's Back to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One from New York City. And today, of course, we're going to go through the AEW Dynamite like we do every week. Uh, this week, AEW Dynamite was the one-year anniversary. And uh, compared to the way it was last year, um, this time last year they had the AEW Tag Title Tournament. Where we saw a shocking when Private Party beat the Young Bucks in the first round of that title tournament match. So, how different does AEW look like right now? So, um, but before we start, I want to thank everybody who is listening to the show. Of course, shout out to my Unhinged SN.com family, the Unhinged Sports Network family um of course thank you for being a supporter of course to all my fans across the united states also across this uh across the globe if you want to believe it or not i mean we have reached out as far as russia romania italy switzerland new zealand we have touched everyone denmark you can imagine where we've been touching also you guys want to hear more and want to go to the archives of of my other shows on my audio podcast you could download apple spotify anchor uh google podcast and any other um major audio podcast that you guys like listening to the show so let's start this off um aew dynamite for the first time in about two three weeks they started off the show for what they known for, for having tag team wrestling. And this match was for the AEW tag team titles between Best Friend versus FTR. And this match was pretty good. And like I said last week, um, throughout this match, um, Trent took most of the bump. And this guy, he's, he sells, he takes as much bump as he can to make it uh, a, a very decent match. I mean... Um, Throughout the whole match, you saw that FTR was dominating most of the match. They had Trent in trouble for most of the time. He was taking a lot of shots, a lot of crazy shots. Um, and FTR pretty much dominated the match because they they split the ring in half. They kept Trent on their corner. And they also kept um, Chuck T, Chucky T um, away from the corner where every time Trent 
turned around. There was no one there to tag. They kept him out for most of the match. Of course, Tully Blanchard played a big part. He interfered. It wasn't until, like, probably the first five minutes of the match where you saw that Trent and, and Chucky T were, you know, going toe-to-toe with FTR until Tully Blanchard distracted the referee and FTR went to work. Um, so, again, um, in this match, they Trent took a crazy bump. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, you saw Kip Sabian and Penelope for playing video games. Um, they had this big video game um, console rope tour, like the old school ones. And FTR decided to grab Trent and throw him from the back of that game, breaking the whole console, whatever, pissing off Kip Sabian. Uh, and at the end, the way the match ended, uh, it was just, to me, it wasn't a match that I felt like. Should have never ended like that. Well, according what it looked like, um, Chuck Chucky T was taking um, control of the match over the end, and the, the titles were some way somehow were being were trying to be used to hit um, one of the members of best friend. And then at one point, while Chucky T was in the ring, uh, the referee ducked, thinking that he was going to bump into Chucky T and Dax Harwood, and Wheeler went and ended up smashing the, the title over the head of Chucky e. T and for them to get the win. I mean, to me, I didn't like the way this match ended uh, because at first it looked like the referee the referee ducked because he thought, I thought he ducked because he was going to get hit with the belt. But then I said to myself, well, why, if he saw somebody swinging a belt, shouldn't he just call for his qualification or something? Or And even though the best friend would have not won the belts anyway, but... It wasn't the case. It was because he looked like he got scared that he was going to get bumped into. And FTR regains, I mean, retains the AEW tag title. After the match, uh, best friends hugged each other. And out of nowhere, Miro comes out of nowhere with Penelope Ford. And she goes against Miro, which that's the reason I saw going to the back. And she got Miro, and Miro ended up beating up both best friend members. And it looks now, it looks like Kip Sabian and Miro will start a nice little, I guess, a feud or some type of a program with best friends. Um, and afterwards, right after that, and this is something that I felt that if we're going to use Miro a couple of weeks ago, you should have used him the way he was supposed to be used. And that was, you know, um, Instead of a tag team, a singles match. Well, him and Sabian teamed up right after they beat up best friends. And they wrestled um, Sean Manula and Lee Johnson. And Miro just destroyed both of them. Kip Sabian went in, I think, for just to do a, a frog splash or whatever it was. And that was it. Miro looked like a beast in this match. He should have been, he should have been um, uh, used that way the last time. He was in the ring. Um, then they went to the back, and Lance Archer had attacked John Moxley. And what a way for these two to start the night. And, and I'm telling you, I knew this was going to get crazy. Lance Archer showing that his his dominance over John Moxley, and people in the back were trying to, um, you know, stop him. Then they had the MJF come out in a promo, and his promo. He called out Chris Jericho, 
And in this promo, I think this whole segment goes to show you that these guys, either one, two things can happen. Chris Jericho came out with his whole inner circle group, whatever. And, of course, MJF came out with Warlow. This is two things that can happen out of this. Either Moxley, I mean, I'm sorry, Moxley, Jericho, and MJF either join together or they're going to end up wrestling against each other. Because last night, again, Sammy Guevara was the butt of the joke for MJF as he got him uh, the jacket that he was supposed to give him two weeks ago. Three sides bigger than Sammy Guevara. And you could tell that the inner circle are not too happy that they want to bring MJF into the group because Ortiz kind of cut MJF and told him that they did not want him in the group. Of course, Chris Jericho said, no, if we're going to decide, we all decide together, we're a family. You could tell that something bad is going to happen out of all this. Either Sammy Guerrero gets kicked out because he doesn't want to be part, but then it looks like you could tell that Private Powerful are not happy either. So either this is all a setup, that for the last probably couple of weeks that they um they're probably gonna kick out Jericho out of the group because it's been all about Jericho in the group, you know. Um but who knows because right now after what Ortiz, who usually don't grab the mic to do anything, grabbed the mic last night and told him he doesn't want them they don't want him in the inner circle. MJF of course is stirring the pot the way I'm looking at it. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's interesting because this leads off to uh, Full Gear. Um, and you remember last year in Full Gear, um, MJF was the big story of Full Gear. Remember, he turned on Cody on his match between Jericho and Cody for the AEW title match where he threw in the towel. And then he just turned on Cody. So who knows if MJF, again, is going to be the big talk of the... Um, a full gear again. So, the next match was the TNT title match. Uh, let me tell you something about this. This match, when I first heard that this was going to happen, I was like, really? You're going to push Orange Cassidy? You're really, really pushing this guy? And at the end of the day, this match was um, very, very entertaining. First of all, Cody came back out with his blonde hair. Um, and if if you had the black hair, I would you have me thinking like, okay, you're you're gonna turn heel, you're gonna be part of a group, and you know you know I've been talking about the four horses for I don't know how many months right now. I'm just I had just given up on that. Um, but when he came back with the blonde hair, I was like, okay, he's he's back to his old ways from AEW. So. You know, and then what was interesting was Darby Allen being in the Raptors, actually watching the match. So I'm like, okay, is Darby the next opponent that um, Cody's going to face? Then to top it off, um, you know, they announced that Darby Allen is the next challenger for the TNT title for full gear. So you already got another match set up there. So that's going to be interesting. So... I'm looking at this, and then for the first time in God knows how long, uh, i never seen him lock up ever, Orange Cassidy ended up locking up with a wrestler. I mean, I haven't seen him do that since he's been in AEW, since I've been following him. Also, that was interesting in this match was the Dark Order was in the ringside area, and Silver 
while Cody and Orange Cassidy were outside, uh, Dark Order was out there. Uh, Arn Anderson and Brandy are trying to make sure that the Dark Order does not interfere. There was no Brody Lee. But John Silver went and jumped over the railing, took the TNT title, and Orange Cassidy went and took the bell with from Silver, knocked him on the floor, and then Dark Order was thrown out off the ringside area. So that was a good thing they did that. So also in the match, Orange hit the beach break on Cody on the edge of the ring. And I'm like, Cody was already had taped all over his neck, his back, all over the place. So that that alone was um, telling me that there could be a possibility that Orange Cassidy may win the TNT title. And he came seconds from winning that because the match ended up in a draw. They went at it, and Orange Cassidy was this close of winning the TNT title. Um, he hit him with the um, Orange Punch, and when he got Cody, he had a one, t- a one and a two, and the bell rang, and that was it. It was a draw. So now they set up for in two weeks for another rematch, which will be interesting, and hopefully I don't want it to end like uh, where now you be Orange Cassie. Cassie's no longer contender for that title. They also show in the back Moxley attacking Lance Archer. Um, that was very interesting to see. Sam, um, then they interview uh, Matt Hardy and his wife, Rebby, was there with the kids and everything. And I don't know where there was a graphic and a screening in the back where they show. Uh, somebody burning pictures of uh, Matt Hardy and no no other than Sammy Guevara showed up in the screen saying that there was it's never going to be over until he sends them home. So I think that Sammy Guevara and uh, Matt Hardy, even though Matt Hardy said he's he has the green light to come back, this feud is not going to end anytime. So it might be getting worse as we go through the time through through the whole thing. So, also, they announced they're going to have a number one contender tag team title uh, four-way tag team match next week. Private Party, Silver and Reynolds, Reynolds, Butch and the Blade, and the Young Bucks to determine the number one contender. Um, So, you can see the Young Bucks right now are acting very, very, uh, you know, a-hole-like, and it looked like they wanted They said they were not going to super kick the FTR, but we're going to super kick somebody. They ended up super kicking, uh, I believe it was uh, Silver Reynolds. And then a brawl st- uh, started in the ring. Butch and Blade uh, attacked the Young Bucks. The private party helped uh, the Young Bucks. And then next thing you know, the Young Bucks ended up super kicking private party. So this is going to be interesting. Because I think this is the part where I've been saying when the hell is... Uh, the Young Bucks are going to meet up with FTR. And it looks like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I have the Young Bucks winning that match next week for the number one contention. And you're going to see the Young Bucks versus uh, FTR, the match that everybody's been winning for the last two years. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Um, Also, if you guys haven't watched the BTE, uh, series. Um, it looks like somebody is the one setting up the uh, the uh, beef between Handman Page and the Young Bucks. As you can see that 
Brandon Cullen was with them with uh, Hangman. He's trying to get Hangman to talk to the Young Bucks. He didn't want to. He went to the Young Bucks and told the Young Bucks that you guys should talk to Hangman, give it a chance. The Young Bucks ended up texting Hangman. Hangman didn't have the phone because he had inside some damn pumpkin. And then somebody else grabbed the phone and said, no, he don't ever talk to me. So I feel it may be Brandon Cutler setting up everything, but who the hell knows? It, we, we're going to have to see when the time comes. But it's getting interesting right now with the AEW stuff. So guys got to check it out. So we'll be right back after this. We're back, guys. So let's go on and continue as this AEW one-year anniversary. AEW's women's title match between Big Swole, the challenger, versus Hiroki Shida, the champion. Uh, this match pretty much was hard-hitting in every way. But again, I asked myself this question. Um, why is Swole getting a title shot? But then again, what I've been saying for, for over a year, the women's division needs help big time. You know, uh, yes, you got Britt Baker. Britt Baker is making all these uh, um, promos of how she's coming back and all that. So she could be a great addition to the roster. But now you can see Thunder Rosa is not there anymore. Thunder Rosa right now is on the um, on Primetime Network Wrestling or the whatever it's called. Uh, she's wrestling everywhere else. I guess it was just the minute and the moment for the NWA World Champion to be uh, exposed, but now you don't see her anymore. You got Shayna Deep still there. You got um, who else is in there? You got Ivelisse and Diamante, which you saw when Diamante wrestled um, the champion. Their, their chemistry does not work there. Um, but Swole gave it all she had. Um, but Swole, at one point in the match, she was going to the top rope and she slipped, and there was a botch right there, but then she quickly made it up. With a deadly cutter outside on Sheeta on the by the rampway, which it was beautiful, and then she did it again. Uh, what she calls the um, uh, actually, she hit it with the cutter again uh, inside the ring for a two count. Then, um, Big Swole got Falcon Arrow by Sheeta, but and she got out of it. And then, uh, Swole hit the dirty dancing on Sheeta, but that did not stop her as Sheeta went and hit a couple of knees to the head. Or swole to beat her. And then they show Nyla Rose out in the crowd. Now, my thing with Nyla Rose, when they introduced Nyla Rose, actually, when they introduced the manager of Nyla Rose, which is Vicky Guerrero, I thought that Nyla Rose was going to be on TV for most of the time. I think the problem with the women's division is that that AEW doesn't have enough time to expose the women's division. You, uh, you got a two-hour show. You're trying to put everybody in there to get as much exposure as they can and they're not able to do it because they have um you don't have time they don't have time at all and that's why the women's division is suffering big time so um you know they have to do something about it either you put an extra an extra one hour show um uh, and dedicate it to the women's division uh, and then a two hour show on all the guys because um you know we're still waiting, and I believe that Nyla Rose is going to be the end up getting the title shot at full gear, and maybe she'll get the title. But then if you get Nyla Rose, Nyla Rose beats Sheeta for the belt. Now, who's going to beat Nyla Rose? Besides Sheeta being the only one that I know was able to be her fair and square, who are you going to bring in? I mean, the, the women's division is suffering big time, and there's no excuse of, oh, you know, we don't have everybody because – Bia Presley is no longer with AEW. 
Shayna Gibbs. Um, I said Gibbs. I forgot her name. Gibbs is no longer with them. Riho is in Japan, and she's no non-factor. Now, any other Japanese woman wrestlers that they had there at a non-factor. So you got to do something. Either you get Tessa Blanchard in in AEW, which I doubt is going to happen. But, um, you know, something's got to be done with this women's division because it's facing it's, – it's not looking good at all. Uh, they mentioned the AEW uh, World Title Tournament to be, uh, become the number one contender and the winners face each other – each bracket face each other at full gear. A very interesting thing in this tournament, they have Pentagon facing his brother Phoenix in the first round. And Kenny facing Joy Janela on that same bracket. Now, in the other bracket, you have Cole Cabana facing Hagman Page. And I forgot who was the other two on the other side. But interesting what I've been saying. If Hagman Page and Kenny Omega are supposed to meet up with each other, they cannot be in the same bracket. And if they were going to be in the same bracket, it would have to be a storyline where uh, Hagman Page had lost and... Kenny Omega comes out of nowhere, is about to win the match, and Omega um, Page interferes and causes Omega a shot at the world title. But AEW is doing it exactly the way I thought they were going to do, and that's have them in separate bracket. Let them win that bracket. Kenny's going to go through everybody in his bracket because whoever comes out, either Pentagon or Ray Phoenix, he's going to beat anybody. He's coming out of that. Uh the only problem with on the other side, and I think I think I saw Brody Lee on that bracket. If I'm not cor- if I'm correct, um, or some I know it's somebody in there that I know um, that Paige is gonna have problems with. It's not gonna be easy for Paige. That's that's all I'm gonna tell you on that one. It's not gonna be easy on Paige, and um, and it's just gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very very interesting. What's going to happen there in that situation? Sean Spears did a promo about Scorpio Sky. It looks like these two are about to face off with each other. Um, and it, this is all happening since Scorpio Sky interfered, or not interfered, but went in and helped Matt Seidel after Sean Spears has beat him in dark. So that's going to be interesting. And then he claimed that um, Sean Spears claimed that Scorpio Sky took a moment away from him. And him and Blanchard are about to collect. So I don't know where that's going to go, but it looks interesting. Um, and Scorpius guy needs to push. But after what they did to him uh, back in the summer, they killed his momentum. It's ridiculous. Uh, the AEW title match. Uh, it, it was nuts. Um, and, I you know, I got my, my, my stuff here, whatever. This match was chaotic. They made it a no disqualification after, again, Lance Archer had jumped on Moxley early in the match. Moxley, in return, attacked Lance Archer, and they made it a no disqualification match. And soon, as Lance went through the ring, oh, actually, Lance came out, and some guy just got ragtag through the damn entrance. They beat him up. Then, as soon as Moxley came, probably hit the paradigm shift on Lance Archer and Archer got out on two, and then from there it went haywire. Everything they hit each other with chairs, um, tables. I mean, it, it was the craziest stuff. Um, and I think that um, Archer, you know, he set up the tables just like the encounter that happened in Japan earlier this year. 
And and and, and the, the the most interesting part that had me saying to myself, I said, "What does Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Bros have to do with this match?" Because they were out and commentating. Eddie Kingston was talking about that Moxley is his friend and all this stuff. And it's funny because he kept saying about how Moxley left and, and got bought by the line of entertainment. And I shot at WWE. But Eddie Kingston doesn't care. He's going to talk whatever he wants. Uh, but this match was crazy. I mean, at one point when Lance got hit with the chair by Moxley, Eddie Kingston said, Lance saw a white light after getting hit with a chair. And it was hilarious. I found that hilarious. Um... I know Moxley Paradise shipped um, Lance Archer through a table. A same thing that happened in Japan in Vessel Kingdom. Um, but Mox wins. And the funny thing is that he got hit with the blackout. And not only that, this guy got powerbombed through two chairs in the ring with the chairs open in his back. I don't know how he even got up. But I know that Moxley got uh, Lance Archer hit his, his, his finishing move, the blackout. And Moxley ended up rolling him up and pinning him. And it was just crazy. I'm like, why the hell? What happened here? So Moxley retains the belt. Afterwards, Eddie Kingston's the Lucha Bros came out, went to the ring, and they were congratulating uh, Moxley for his one year, you know, for him carrying the, the, the company, whatever. But then Eddie Kingston went and did like a, a backhand punch, knocking um, Moxley down, and then he chokes out. Moxley and puts him out and that's the way the show ended overall the show was pretty good for one year anniversary wasn't great it was good it's uh, everything is getting set up for the uh, for the full gear which is about time because took it they took them a long time um so now everything is setting up so it looks like right now as of what I saw in the matches it looks like best friends are gonna now going to go and start a kind of a program or a feud with Miro and Kip Sabian. Uh, we also saw the um, the Orange Cassidy match with um, with uh, with Cody. They go and add it for a second time, and the winner of that got to meet no other than Darby Allen. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, it looks like Moxley right now, after his loss, is, he's going to be feuding with Eddie Kingston, which will be a great, great match because these two are nuts. And, I mean, I don't mind seeing that. The tag team number one contention, that that's going to be interesting. You could tell, and I could see it, that the Young Bucks are going to win this. If they don't win it, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, we could be seeing the, 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 the reuniting of the elite, only the three members, Young Bucks and Omega, the original guys. That could happen. Hiroki Shida looks like she'll be going through uh, probably facing um, Lana Rose. And Sean Spear again, like I said, he was going to start a program with Scorpio Sky. That's going to be interesting to see where that goes. And that's pretty much it. So overall, the show was good. Um, it could have been a little better, but we'll see. Um, again, you know, uh, we just got to look forward to what happens next week with all this craziness going on in AEW. So... Stick around, guys. I have more. We'll bring in, We'll be talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. And we're back, guys. So let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling and what has been going on. So you guys know that a couple of weeks ago, or probably a week ago, that Bullet Club Kenta and Bullet Club Evil had wrestled a match. As you well know, as I said previous podcast, Evil ended up winning the match for cheating. 
again, everything started when they uh, evil uh, did the two suite only with Dick Togo and not invite Kenta. It was like a disrespect. Uh, Jay White uh, talked about it, kind of like tell even if it wasn't for the Bullet Club, you would have never been the double champion uh, for the IWGP and the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, of course, you know, Evil had to say something back. Evil said, do you really trust, do you think people trust you or do like you in the Bullet Club? You got to be careful. Does Yuhiro trust you? Jay White ended up wrestling Yuhiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp. And a couple of times during that match, Yuhiro uh, laid down to get pinned by Jay White. And Jay White was hesitant to cover him until he finally did. And Yuhiro got out, not once, but then he did it again, twice. And they ended up in the point where Yuhiro went and low blow Jay White. Jay White, in return, did the same. And after that, Jay White hit the Blade Runner on Juhiro, and then he went outside the ring to hit Juhiro with a chair. It wasn't too ghetto, not goto, like I said last couple of days, ghetto. Uh, ghetto came in and said, no, 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 what are you doing? Calm down, calm down. And Jay White was like asking him, do you know this? He like, do you know anything about this? He says, no, 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 no. The history of ghetto, we know that he used to be Kasusuke Okada, the Rainmaker's manager. And Ghetto can't be trusted. Because you see he t- turned on Ghetto. I mean, Ghetto turned on Rainmaker Okada two years ago today. Where uh, Ghetto um, was told that he was going to be no longer the manager for Okada. Okada, then the Okada and Jay White, I think, got, I think Jay White attacked uh, Tadahashi. Okada came in. Ghetto was like, no, 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 no. It, it was just a mess. And then at the end, uh, Tamatanga hit the the stun gun on on the um, on Okada while Jay White was outside. Then Jay White ended up with a blade run. He became part of the Bullet Club. So fast forward two years ago, again as of past, I think July or June, something like that. Evil became member of the. Bullet Club and won the world title while everybody else was out of the country and out of the, out of Japan. So everybody was questioning: Was Evil the leader because he won both belts when he beat Naido at Dominion? Um, afterwards, he lost the belt get back to uh, to Naido um, during the summer, and Jay White came back to Japan for the G1 Climax. So now this is gonna be a, it's turmoil because Jay White right now is leading the A Block. I mean, even though Kukata got 10, and you got, I think, two other guys with 10. Um, so there's a lot of things going on. Evil, right now, has a hold of the B block because he beat Naido, who is tied with 10. Uh, he's beating a couple of guys there that he is controlled. The only way that he will not make it to the finals is if Naido wins and Evil loses, and that's the only way that, um, that Evil won't make it. But... Wouldn't it be great that to see a match between Jay White and Evil where you can see um, who is the real leader of Bullet Club? And this is chaos because this this is like all the, the elite all over again. Back in, in 2018, 2017, there was problems when the elite was in there and everything was concentrating on these guys 
of the elite and the rest of the Bullet Club members like to, to Yuhiro Takahashi, Chess Owen, Badlock Fale, Tanga to Loa, Tanga Tama, um, Tama Tango, and then the other members that were in there, Ishimori, where they were not part of this whole craziness. And then it was back in San Francisco in 20, believe it, 2017, 2018, when the Tongas did the firing squad and they took over and the elite were taken out. So everything is, is just going back. To, it's like every two years there's a problem with the Bullet Club, and it's happening again. So um, it happened in 2016 when Omega turned on, on AJ Styles. It happened in, in 2013 when Finn Balor was taken out um, by the Young Bucks on his final match, I believe, was against, uh, I, forgot, I forgot who um, Finn Balor was wrestling that night in Japan. But the Young Bucks turned on him. So there's always a, somebody's getting, always turning, turning on someone on Bullet Club for leadership. So this situation right now, it looks like it's going to be very interesting. This is going to be the one that's going to continue on through the World Tag League, the Super Juniors. Uh, you're probably going to see uh, uh, probably go all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting with, you know, with, with the Bullet Club going through all this and, and you're wondering what's next. Um Again, there's a lot of other stories coming out of that. I know Minoru Suzuki got his hand full. He has lost to a couple of people in there. Uh, he had lost to Kota Ibushi. He has lost to Taichi. But the more interesting part is Taichi because Taichi right now, uh, he, I think he has eight points. And he hasn't had a – he started off good. He hasn't had a, a good run since. Uh, but that's going to be interesting to look forward to. Taichi versus Minoru Suzuki for the leadership of the Suzuki Gun. Um, chaos is just chaos. It is not the chaos need to uh, regroup because right now, um, even though you got Okada, uh, Goto, you got Ishii, you got Will Osprey in there, uh, you got Joe and Show. Chaos doesn't look that great. Ever since uh, Shisuke Nakamura left that group, it has not been the same. So it's just crazy. But we'll see what happens. We'll be right back with an interview with Danny Limelight. The, this is a follow-up from the last conversation we had. And he talks about his uh, Lions crown break match with Clark Connors. We'll be right back. Welcome back, guys, to the Chokeslide Wrestling Report. And today we're going to have, again, Danny Limelight Rivera. And this is our follow-up from the last time we had our conversation. So we have Danny Limelight. Hey, Danny, how you doing today? Mi gente, what's up? What's good, Henry? How you doing, papa? Chilling, chilling, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's raining <clears throat> out here in New York. You know what I'm saying? That the Hurricane Delta, whatever they call it. The remnants yeah. is up here. It's, it's, it's a rainy day, man. So, you know. But how's everything with you, man? I, I saw that Clark Corners and yourself and the Lions... Break crown on um, match, man. That that was awesome, man. So, uh, how you feeling after that match? Thank you, bro, man. Fucking, I I took the weekend to rest my body because you know Clark, he he, he is hard, man. He brought the fight to me. Uh, I think I said it over and over already since the match happened. The most hard hitting match I've ever been a part of. Um, 
for someone who who you know like Clark Connors, who is a young lion, the dude is the dude is amazing, man. Super talented, strong. He has all the tools that you need to succeed in this business. And, and as the people that tuned in to New Japan World saw, you know, he came out victorious. He made me tap in his Boston Crab. You know, I held it as long as I could. No one's ever ever been in the Boston Crab that long that he's put him in. Um, I, I held it as long as I could, and, and it was it just wasn't you know. It wasn't enough, but 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 I, what I will say is that you know everybody's talking about the match. It's already being nominated for SoCal Match of the Year. Um, it's being said that it's the best match to ever happen on New Japan Strong. You I know agree. the show's been around since July, so it's you know, so and, and it's been four months now going weekly episodes. The best match so far on, on New Japan Strong is what everybody's saying. Uh, I'm just I'm just humbled by the opportunity that I had in the first place to be a part of the tournament. I'm proud of myself for how far I got in the tournament. You know, I eliminated, you know, Barrett Brown and Blake Christian, who's like two two of the best unsigned talents on the scene right now as well. So shout outs to them. You know, the tournament had guys like Adrian Quest in it. It had Logan Regal, you know, Jordan Clearwater, DKC as well. So it wasn't no easy tournament. You know, it's it's a Lions break tournament. And it had the best, you know, up and comers that I could think of. You know, there's nobody that wasn't on that on that, you know, in that tournament that I think that should be there, you know, everybody that was there should be there. And, and, you know, me and Clark fought our way to the finals and man, it was, it was a ride. I tell you what, man, it was a, it was a ride and I'm proud of myself. I was able to put on for my culture, for my city, you know, and, and I can only look forward from here. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, you're right because this whole tournament, I mean, you, you had no slouch in there. All these guys are proven talent. You know, unfortunately, they're not signed to a big promotion, whatever. But just being part of New Japan, Lions Break Crown, that that alone, it, it tells you that, you know, Lions, um, New Japan is looking at this talent. And th that match, and you said that's the match probably since New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Strong started. It, and I agree. That's one of the best matches I've seen. I'm telling you, I, was, I just sat there. I said, you know what? I'm gonna sit there, sit down, watch this match. No distraction. Not looking at my phone, whatever. And I watched it. And you guys just—I mean, y'all rocked the house. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's too bad that you don't have fans there to see this. But the fact that y'all guys didn't care if there was fans or not, y'all still wrestled like if they were fans in there. You know? And Clark Connors, of course, I seen them wrestle uh, for the LA Dojo and Ring of Honor. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Chris Benoit. Even though a lot of people, when I say that name, a lot of people cringe or whatever, but we're not talking about the Benoit from the personal life. We're talking about Benoit and his work. Connors reminds me of that. And the fact that you went and he caught you in the Boston Crab, and I never saw anybody since he wrestled, anybody else. You stood there the longest trying to, you know, not give up. But, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you prove yourself. There's nothing else you can say. You know what I'm saying? But, um, did not I know they're going to do the never never thing a never open tournament? I could be wrong. Are you going to be part it's of called, that? Yeah, it's called uh, uh, New Japan uh, never. Strong Never. Yeah, you're bringing it back, um, and it's basically going to be okay. It's basically going to young up and comers, guys that have been in the business that have done it in the business. You know, it's open weight. You know, junior heavyweights going up against heavyweights. You know, uh, things of that nature. It's going to be a lot of, you know, first-time matches that people have never seen. And, you know, I, I don't want to put any spoilers coming up, but I will say that, you know, they better tune in because Danny Limelight will be there. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, because uh, 
as far as that never open weight, I mean, <coughs> just the guys who has held that belt alone. I mean, right now, Minoru Suzuki holds that belt. But if you go down the line of the people who have held that belt, Tomohiro Ishii has held that belt, uh, Makabe, um, even um, Yuriho Takahashi has held that. So there's a lot of people who has held that that belt. And, I mean, I'm looking forward to see how great you do in that tournament. I'm sure it's not going to be an easy ride because of the way I'm looking at it. Every week I see this New Japan Strong, it looks like, you know, you got a lot of good competitors in there. It's not going to be easy. Right. And it's it's not it's not um it's not going to be a tournament. Yeah. Um it's, it's, it's you just got everybody just got to tune in. That's all I can say. Okay. Okay. So yeah. my my next thing is the is it what's it called the United Prime Network Wrestling or United well, Wrestling United Network? United Network Wrestling. Okay. United Wrestling Network's Primetime Live. Yeah, Primetime. UWN. Yeah, so um I have been seeing that is Papo Esco in in there with you also? Yes, he was. Uh, we just made our debut as the Bodega this past week on Primetime Live. Me and Papo Esco took on the Wolf Zaddies of, you know, Bad Dude Tito and Che Cabrera. Yeah. And uh, so hard, another hard-hitting explosive match, you know. Um, I love the promo yeah, you did, dude. though. Thank you. I appreciate that, yeah, man. That I was, really do. Yeah, that was straight Boricua right there, bro. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> straight up the Bodega. You feel me? Yo. Shout out to Papo Esco. Yeah. That's, That's the big homie. He yeah. posted in the cut. Always got my back. Yes, and you know we just doing our thing on primetime live. You know I'm trying to make my waves there as well. Um, I, you know we, we you know, this tomorrow will be episode five of primetime live. I've been on two episodes so far, and, and you know you never know who's gonna show up. You got guys like, you know, Dirty Daddy, you know Dickinson, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got fucking, you know, you got people like Effie showing up, Zicky Dice, you know, Pope. The Pope was there last week. You know the Wolf Zaddies are gonna be there. You know, Eli Drake. Yeah, there's just a whole bunch of talent coming to, to Primetime Live, and you never know who's going to show up, including the Bodega, because we open for business. You feel me? Yeah, so yeah. everybody just need to, everybody just need to tune in every Tuesday yeah, uh, yeah. at you know 6 p.m. to see what's happening. Now, now it looks like um, is it, is there a possibility that Primetime may be, in, let's say, sometime down the line they may be working with the NWA? And well, they are. They're, they're, affili- they're, they're, they're affiliated with the NWA. Okay, you know, okay. it's a it's a David Marquez production and the NWA production. Oh, okay. And there are some NWA talent there. You know, you will see Zicky guys, you know, guys like Zicky Dice showing up. You know, you will see guys like the Pope showing up. You, you know, the first episode had Nick Aldis, the NWA heavyweight champion, the world's champion, you know, taking on Michael Bennett. So you never know who's going to pop up from the NWA as well as the independent scene and, and guys from all over. Well, that's I mean that's that's great. That's a lot of talent there. I mean, good opportunity for you though, because yeah, absolutely. NWA, you know the 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 history and the you know and the and the, the, mar- the marquee of it is I mean it's, it's incredible. But uh, but I, I noticed that um, besides um, uh, prime time, what other places you and Papo Esco team up at? Well, like Hollywood, championship Hollywood? wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah, no, no, championship wrestling from Hollywood. Oh, okay, you know every Saturdays you can see the Bodega. You know. Popping off and they're getting it, getting it, you know, getting down and dirty with whoever they put in front of us, um, and and that's it right now. You know, we got primetime live, we got championship wrestling from Hollywood, and, I, and I'm grateful and blessed with both of those companies bringing the bodega in. You know, I got New Japan strong every Friday, and you know, just 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 gotta keep making waves, man. You know, and it's just just gonna you know line itself up. You feel me? Yeah, it's a, you you're a busy man now all of a sudden. And then now yeah, I'm on your, I'm on your TV. I'm on your TV three times a week now. <laughs> 
And not only that, I noticed that a lot of podcasts that want to interview you. Like, I check my Twitter. Everybody wants to hear yeah. the, the lamb, line. And I, you know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm grateful for that. You know, whoever want to do podcasts, I'm down to hop on it. You know, as long as my schedule permits, you know, like right now I'm talking to you, but my daughter, she's getting, you know, a surgery, dentist, uh, oral surgery done right now. Oh, in okay. the dentist, so like I'm outside the dentist right now on the phone with you because she's doing that. Like if my schedule permits and I got time for people, you know, I make it happen. I'm down to talk oh, to whoever. Okay, okay, no, no, because I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's funny because I, I remember um, I saw what you posted on Twitter after I put my podcast yesterday, and you was like, let's do another podcast, and I'm like, who is he talking? Is he talking to me? Because you know, I wasn't expecting it, but then when I yeah, and then I remember you was I know you was. Um, Really um, promoting the Bodega shirt, which guys, you got to go to Pro Wrestling Tees and get the, the Bodega shirt. Yeah, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com backslash yeah. Danny Limelight. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go support him, get this Bodega shirt. You know what I'm saying? And I ordered it. My man, you, you just, you just, I'm telling you, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even know what to say anymore because every time I see you, it's like, yo, this guy's going places. You know what I'm saying? Um, is anybody else besides. The people you're working for, nobody has got in contact with you. We're working with them. Oh, the you know, I can't, I can't put that out there where, where I'm going to be working at and stuff like that. I'll let them announce it when it, when I pop up. You know, I don't want to spoil anything like that. People just got to tune in every week, every every channel, every every channel that plays wrestling. You never know where I'm going to show up at. Okay. Oh, cool, cool. Then, all right. So, so I'm really looking forward to seeing you working in, uh, in the New Japan Strong. Um, never, never open, open we uh, matches, which I'm definitely gonna check. It's, it's gonna start this this Friday, right? Say again, yeah, this Friday it kicks off. Okay, cool, Dan. Danny, you know, I know you, you right now with your daughter, whatever. But I wanna, this is gonna be kind of short because I don't want to stop you from doing what you're supposed to do. But this, I'm gonna put this on this week. A follow up for all your fans out there. Tune in to New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong. The never. Open weight matches are going to start this week. You got to see my man Danny Limelight Rivera. This man is opening eyes everywhere. Check him out um, tomorrow at, uh, what is it again? United Prime Primetime. Uh, Primetime Live. You never know who's going to show up on Primetime Live on Tuesdays. And then you got me <laughs> Fridays, New Japan, and Saturdays, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I'm everywhere, man. Yeah, so so beware. La Bodega is coming to the house. If you need to get something, you can get something plus a beatdown. Like yes, yeah, right. Says. <laughs> that his shirt says so this is, hey Dan thanks again for coming to my show man much love yeah, of course, bro you I appreciate know, it representando man representando los and yo you doing it man go get it alright bro for sure yep I'll go sepa alright all right, so be good man take care and there you have it guys Danny Limelight again back at the Chosenland Wrestling Report his match with Clark Connors was one match like he said he came out of there hurting Clark Connors. But like I said, he reminds me a lot of the late, great Chris Benoit of his work and way how he used to wrestle. Determination, you know, beast mode type. Like, But, again, Danny Limelight. Um, again, if you guys want f more information on Danny Limelight, you can go to his Twitter account. It goes by Danny Limelight Rivera. Same with Facebook, Instagram. You can find him everywhere. Plus, support his merchandise at pro wrestling tees at danny limelight rivera and you'll find all his um his merch and you know uh the guy's great the guy you know he is trying to make a name for himself he's been everywhere him and papo esco part of a tag team called la bodega you guys got to keep supporting independent wrestling because these are the future stars of the business you know 
Um, so that's going to be interesting. Also, so quick, real quick um, uh, news here. Bailey is the number one woman in the wrestling world. The woman's SmackDown champion passed a year, more than a year as a SmackDown champion. Okay, number one, Becky Lynch was number two, which I do not agree. Becky Lynch has been out since May. She should have never want that. And then Oscar, three. Then you got Charlotte Flair, four. And then Sasha Banks, five, which what is Lynch, Becky Lynch, and Flair should not be in this damn list because they haven't been wrestling and God, not, God damn knows when. So she should, you know, those two girls should not be in there at all. So, um, um. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy when you see uh, PW500, who I used to respect as a magazine, and I used to collect the magazine as a child, is now being WWE Shields and just putting all four uh, horsewomen in the top five when there's plenty of other women wrestlers out there doing their stuff. You know, um, you know, it's, it's crazy. I just don't I just don't get it. Um, Oscar, number three, yeah. Oscar should have been number two because she won the Women's Tag Team Champion and the Raw's title twice. Raw Women's Side Plus, she won Money in the Bank. So, I don't get it. She should have been number two, and I, I don't know what's going on. Also, Mustafa Ali, uh, the leader of Retribution, right now is getting racial and hate tweets of some a-hole by the name of Retro Gamer 1983 claimed that Mustafa Ali is a a terrorist and he made a comment about something that the undertaker is going to get rid of him the guys whoever retro gamer 1983 is a freaking idiot um the thing that i, I i've been saying in fans today um, especially in twitter a bunch of trolls and it's toxic infested trolls who talk a lot of smack behind a computer and one not and they're not even tough in real life uh, yeah i'm gonna call you out because i'm not afraid of none of y'all because i know that most of you are in a computer and, 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 you know, talking smack on a computer, living in mom's basement, eating cupcakes. So it's the truth. Um, and let the, you know, wrestlers do their job. You know, your hate and your racism is not welcome in this world. So um, it's just nonsense and it should not be tolerated by no one. I don't care who it is. So that is one news i know joey ryan is trying to sue impact wrestling because of his determination uh we claim that they, they they called him and let him know well listen my man your your gimmick was horrible and you know and you pretty much showed everybody what you really are as a person if you had that's your type of gimmick and you were called out on it and you're just mad because now impact don't want you and no other wrestling company wants you and now you're trying to collect all the money that you have lost since you wanted to become you know the type of person to you know do things to women so anyway guys that is it for my show today thank you for coming back into my realm of the chokeslam wrestling report again uh if you want to hear more about me you can check my youtube channel the chokeslam wrestling report um and you could find the links there on facebook instagram and twitter you can find me there. You can find me in all audio podcasts. Until then, guys. You can find me also on unhinchedsportsnetwork.com. That's unhinchedsn.com. Until then, guys. Be careful. Wear your mask, your, your whatever you need to do to cover yourself to be safe. And keep those masks on. It saves a lot. Until then, I'll see you guys this weekend.